All right. We're fired. Yes. All right. Well, it is seven o'clock. So I thank you guys for joining in. And I'm sorry I'm on hands-free if it's a little echoey, but uh, my earbuds were giving me some heartache here tonight. But I am Sherry Nadine. I'm the owner of Collegiate Sports Advocate and the happy and grateful host to have this each Tuesday night to share my knowledge and information about the recruiting process. I tend to be a little softball-oriented, but I want to give a little hey, uh, hey uh, Twitter, why could I not select softball as an option when I selected sports? They didn't let me pick anything other than baseball. So yeah, Jackie, I'm with you on that one. Uh, just like we fought for years to get the uh, softball emoji, uh, we can't. We got to get a little recognition here. Twitter, we're pretty, we're pretty big, powerful group. But what I wanted to cover tonight is the emailing process that happens in softball. It's kind of unique to the rest of um, the recruiting process, but a lot of people in, you know, just in the general audience think of recruiting as just, you know, going out on, on social media sites and, and putting yourself all over there and, you know, just giving out as much content as possible. It's actually very organized in softball. It's organized by their recruiting calendar. So right now I was telling everybody we're in the middle of a, of a six week fall series that we have. And we have six weekends. That's always the six weekends previous to Thanksgiving in which the college coaches division one can actually come out and do recruiting and watch games and interact with the student athletes. And so this year they're very specific. They're the uh, October 15th, 22nd, 29th, 5th, 12th, and 19th of November. So they're very, very tightly packed. They're uh, Saturday and Sunday, no camps on Friday. I mean, they really, really tightened it. They did this about three, four years ago. Um, the college coaches actually voted for it because they wanted to you know, be able to get with their preseason teams. They wanted to be able to get their students on campus. There was a lot of things about them, but what I don't think they recognize is how tightly they squeeze the student athlete. And one of my uh, favorite travel ball coaches out there, uh, Greg Dickel, I hope he doesn't mind me quoting him on this, but, you know, he's in Iowa. He's Iowa, Iowa premier. And he was like, look, you know, that just puts us in the dead of winter from Iowa. That means every weekend we have to travel out of our state in order for our student athletes to get exposure. So that's just one aspect of it. And then summertime it's 52 days straight. Well, they're also talking about taking away fall recruiting and pushing it all into the summer, which would just be amazing. Could you imagine the amount of vacation days these families would have to take to get out there and get their kids exposure? So one of the things that they do is our topic tonight, which is emailing. And in order to get the college coaches to see you play, the uh, NCAA says the only method is email. They can like or they can um, friend on social media, and that's just fairly new, but they're not allowed to interact. They're not allowed to have contact with a student athlete that's previous to September 1st, their junior year. And I hope I'm quoting that correctly, but um, that's the way we play by it. And I'm usually pretty conservative. I don't ever like to get a student athlete in involved or, you know, under suspicion or the same with a college coach. And like baseball, they can still act as a mediator. They can still, you know, say, hey, uh, John Smith, coach, uh, you can call coach at seven o'clock tonight and he'll answer the phone. They don't allow that in the girls softball anymore. So emailing is the only method. Well, then the college coaches say, oh, my God, I get thousands of emails every night. 
So uh, I've gone around for eight years and really said, what do you want? What do you want to see? What do you want us to deliver? And what is it that you need? And I just ran it by a D2 coach today before this call. And it's the same. Dear coach, whatever, I, you know, come see me play. It's that simple. And it's that structured. She said literally what she doesn't like is when they kind of, you know, go on and on about their background and their personality and they twirl the baton and, you know, they just go on and on. I'm scared when I open an email that's really, really big or really clustered. So a lot of formatting is really important. And we actually created a template that, you know, really designs it so it gives space and it's easy to the eye and it opens up on one app um, so that, you know, they're not having to figure out where everything is, but it's come see me play. Here's my schedule. The other mistake I see a lot of student athletes make is the email the night before the tournament. <laughs> like, hello, how is the coach supposed to come see you if you're emailing them the night before? So it, you know, we email all year long and we have a very stri- uh, strategic calendar about what we teach our student athletes about the division, about, you know, who they're contacting and about how to contact them. Like, I mean, since we're a lot of OU fans on here, you know, so, and send her a direct email. And I, I very doubt highly that she opens them and reads them individually. You know, they have grad assistants or other members on staff that do it. So, you know, how do you get a hold of somebody like that? How do you, you know, get involved and, and get their attention? So there's a lot of um, formatting. There's a lot of specializing and targeting a particular group. I mean, some of them have softball at a university and all three coaches answer it. So it's, it's hard to personalize it. Again, I think if you stick to come see me play and um, you know, here's how and why then in a few things that they miss, they miss giving them enough time. What I hear from college coaches is they plan their budget. They have to have a budget to come out and see these kids play. So they have to have a budget. They have to know when. So I get asked in August, where are you guys going this fall? You know, that's why our, our website has an events page. Every one of our student athletes puts in their events and they put it ahead of time. So a coach can say, wow, I'm going to go down to the bomber event in Texas this week. They click on it. I think we have 90 kids that are in, playing down in it. That's a surefire way for a coach to spend their spend going to a particular event. Then they can click on it. They can see the link to their page. They can see their videos. They can see all the content necessary, ACTs, SATs, everything they need all in one click. And so it's not just an email, but it's what you're putting in the email. So Jackie, I don't know if I'm going too much. And, and Jim, if, if you've got input, any of you guys are welcome. If you have questions as I'm talking, I've got, a, gosh, I, I told Jackie, I think I have too much content tonight because I have a big, huge list. So if any of you want to talk, um, just request and to, to be a speaker and Jim, what can you add? I have, I have a question. Yes. You mentioned emails and, you know, trying to get them out Monday or Tuesday, which I completely agree with. Unfortunately, sometimes we don't get schedules until either two days or the night before. Oh yeah. What do we do in that situation? I love that one, Jim. Thank you. Because that one comes up quite often. And actually I call it the lower end tournament, the ones where people would never drop out of, you know, for their life. You know, these, these big ones that you get invited to a year in advance, they don't typically have that challenge. So like Colorado, you'll have your schedule a month ahead of time and it might have some changes. 
But that's one of the reasons why when we teach our emailing, we say, hey, follow us on our page because we actually have a calendar on our page. And that calendar, the student athletes are have been taught, you know, not only time management training and how to utilize and prioritize their calendar, but they're they're taught to put the content on there. And then that way the coach can also follow them in a tournament when the um, brackets go up. It, it's tough out there for these coaches. There is one app they use. It's called Tourney Machine. But man, if it's not working or if the, if the host of the tournament didn't choose to use that app, it is very, very difficult for coaches to find the student athletes. So they really do require um, rely on the emailing. So, uh, Jim, in this case, we would say, hey, um, uh, dear coach, this is Sherry. I'm coming to, you know, the Bombers event this weekend. Here's, you know, the link to my page where I will post my schedule as we get it. It hasn't been issued yet, but, you know, as an example. And that one does happen. I would say it happens more in your smaller local tournaments, but, you know, the coach has got to know ahead of time. But I would go back, Jim, and even say earlier that, you know, that's why we spend time telling the coaches three months in ahead, ahead, these are the following tournaments we'll be going to so that they're engaged in it and they know and they're planning anyways. And in a blip here on a tournament schedule usually doesn't throw them off track. The goal is to get the lion's share of the coaches to go to the tournament where the majority of our kids are going. So hopefully that answers that. But I love it. Anybody else has questions, all you have to do is request to be a speaker and w would love to hear from you. But, um, you know, they, they do plan for months. I've even been asked already, what are our plans for, you know, the larger group of our kids for this summer? And there's some very classic events you go to. And then as a prospective student athlete, you have to think about that. You know, if you're trying to get recruited by, you know, particular schools and they don't go to the events you're going to, you know, sometimes you might need to say to your coach, hey, coach, you know, we might want to go up to the New Jersey event where there's a whole bunch of high academic coaches, you know, because I'm a high academic kid and I'm not getting a lot of activity down here in the Southwest. And so there's, you know, there's different types of tournaments for different types of, of student athlete profile. So there's some strategy in that also, but it's still, still the only way to get them to come see you play is, you know, come see me play. I've always been shocked why a app or a tournament director has not done the opposite, kind of like we do with our events page. Once you register, you know, click on here and it shows every student athlete that's going to be in attendance. That would blow the world away. So, hey, you software developers out there, that's that's my dream wish. <laughs> like, you know, even Tourney Machine, you know, submit your rosters and then, hey, could those rosters link back to their landing pages? You know, that would be amazing. So, uh, maybe my next iteration of my software. <laughs> um, but you got to follow the rules. The rules are when they can come out and see you play. The biggest challenge for student athletes is they don't understand the college coaches cannot reply. If you are a, you know, less than a 2024, so 25 and below, they cannot reply. There's only two things they can say to you. Come to my camp. Remember, we talked about the the, the money grab last week. Everybody's got a camp and everybody wants you to come. And parents are misinformed when they reply and say, come to my camp or fill out my questionnaire, that that's recruiting interest. It's not. They're just responding to the two things that they're allowed to say. Doesn't mean they don't want you at the camp, but you have to decide, can you go to 1,650 camps? And, you know, if you're going to send 300 emails to 300 Division One, 
uh, are you going to get invited to 300 camps? So I, I know a lot do not do that, but many have almost an auto reply to any email that's sent. Now, the questionnaire part is important. If they send you a request to fill out a questionnaire, I would absolutely fill that out. Let your representative, whoever's representing you, know that because that might that might mean a little bit more of a strategy like, hey, they're going to take the time to enter you into their database and track you. So uh, that's always a good sign. I would never suggest going directly to a website without being invited and fill out a questionnaire, at least on the softball side. I, I don't know that that's ever worked for anybody any more than just signing up and going to a random camp that they've never seen you and, and you know, maybe are or are not their talent level. So when to send it is very important. Again, if you're sending on Friday night, they're already there. They've already traveled. Um, we tell our student athletes send it Monday or Tuesday. You know, I thought for sure Jim was going to say, well, you know, sometimes they've got volleyball or basketball. You know, we teach them to pre-schedule um, them in, in software. In most of your emails, you can pre-schedule to send an email. So that's why we go back to that time management. If you notice all of our techniques interlace together, um, you, you know, you've got a calendar, you got a plan when you've got time to send your emails. So um, it's, you know, to me, it's difficult to see, um, you know, when, when they're active. So Jackie, I see your hand up. Come on in. Absolutely. Yeah. So like for when you mentioned something about, you know, the time management aspect and piece of that, and I've mentioned a little bit uh, in some spaces prior, but you know, once you're starting this recruitment process, you're also your own advocate too, right? So you have to learn how to start building your own brand and business, right? On how you're going to market yourself, how you're going to time manage and how you're going to promote yourself and take that time to send those emails, right? It's, there's no longer an excuse. If you want to get it done, you have to look at your schedule and say, when am I getting it done? Not, you know, oh, can I, whatever. It's, that, is, that is the shift of focus, um, to ensure that you and yourself um, are taking that opportunity uh, to go there, along with your liaisons and representatives, you know, looking out for you. Um, but it is still your process, and it's important to note that. Excellent. And I, I while she was talking, I kind of looked to see how many listeners we have on. So I appreciate all you guys on there, but definitely lighter than before, which is interesting because everybody always thinks that they know how to do all this. And I honestly think that the emailing part is the hardest part to individualize and really understand what the reader wants. You know, and if, if you're just doing it your way or you're doing it the way that you think you would in a business environment, I mean, we write different in corporate America when we're sending a, a, an email to somebody. So to listen to the end user, the, the customer, I'm talking technical terms now, like my old industry, but if you listen to the decision maker who is the coach and they're saying, hey, we want it a certain way, then why wouldn't you do it that way? And why, why wouldn't you learn? But most people aren't going to get that feedback. Um you know, if you if you send it and it looks like coaches and it's a cut and paste, you know, big, huge clump and you can see that the the fonts are off or that it looks like a cut and paste. They just go, come on, kid, take a little time. Right. Ours, we give them an email that's a word document that they can auto adjust, you know, each week and then cut and paste. So it doesn't doesn't screw up the fonts because their computers sometimes have an automatic font set up different than the document that they drop into the email. So I can see that because they all copy me on my side, but so do the coaches. And and then the grammar, the grammar and spelling. And I am not the, I mean, if you guys ever watch my Twitter and my, my posts, I make a lot of 
of typos because I don't proofread before I hit that send button. But the student athletes, they got to proof it. And one of the biggest ones is Dear Coach Smith, and they have a little C. And man, that's just an eyesore. I've had one coach just circle, red circle, and send it back just saying, hey, help these kids out. This is terrible, you know. So, the, you know, they're, they're highly educated, and it, it is representative of you and your personality, too. So, Jackie, I think that supports the brand thing, you know. You got to represent who you are. So, you know, if I tell kids sometimes it hurts worse to send it on Thursday and Friday, it just says, oh, I wasn't I wasn't prioritizing my sport. If you read my post, to one of my tweets today, I was on fire yesterday and today on my messaging. But, you know, if you're not prioritizing the sport, the sport's going to prioritize you. And I think that's a really, really strong message that you could take to any sport. Um, so when to send, it's very important and very important for who's your reading audience. And I see some baseball players on here. And I just want to tell you, you don't have as much emailing to do as the females do because your recruiting calendar is, is more open. Your tournaments are a little bit more select. You really have to depend on, you know, who your advocate is and who relationships are and how, um, you know, your club coach or other people are engaged in helping you get recruited. You need all hands on deck. I think baseball is one of the hardest ones to recruit now because they've got, you know, 40 plus on the roster and they still only have the 12 scholarships. And so, you know, their skill set has to be polished top to bottom. They have to have the metrics. They have to know when to email, how to email. And then you have to know who to email. Not always is it the head coach. It's probably the last person on the roster that you're going to want to email. So in baseball, I see a lot of recruiting coordinators. And then it's a lot of relationship. And it is a lot of, I trust you. We've sent more boys to places sight unseen where they've never seen the kid just because of relationship. And I think you'll hear the baseball coaches. Well, I'm a major league baseball coach. Well, man, you, you played in the majors and you were great, but where's your relationships and who have you recruited before and how did they get you done? Because that's going to matter who their relationships are. Um, you, you have to have a landing page someplace after email that has to be a place back for the videos. I see the biggest mistakes. And I asked this coach today just to check my list do you want attachments? And they're like, no, we don't want attachments. Cause when we open an attachment, it takes us out someplace else and it has to bring us back. And, and she said, sometimes we're usually on our phone, but if we're at our desk, it doesn't automatically pull it up. She said, man, we like what you guys do. There's one link. Yes. Put everything on that landing page that we want. And then we get to choose if we want to connect with your YouTube channel, or we get to choose if we want to go to huddle or, you know, or just see those little pop-up videos. And then, you know, I've always said this, but I think we give a little too much video it is again, going against why we're emailing. If the email is the purpose to get them to come see you play, then in marketing terms, you send them teasers. You say, look at my athleticism, look how great I am. But if you're, if you're showing them clinic work, you're showing them batting practice or, you know, just a couple of highlights where you can't even see the ball and you can't even tell. I saw one the other day and it's one of our kids. I'm talking to their families next week. It, I mean, put up a, a summary of the weekend. I didn't even know which player she was. It didn't say what position she was playing. It didn't say who was doing what. It, and it was such a bad video. I was like, oh, my God, take that down. That doesn't help get the coaches to come see you play. And then, you know, they try to attach a weekly uh, highlight, man, unless it's an amazing win and you hit, you know, we have a young lady and I wonder if she's on here, 
I mean, she was a 26 that hit two home runs to win a three nothing ball game against the returning champion from last year. I mean, hello, right? Way to come out and, and make yourself known. Everybody knows her name now. But, you know, she doesn't need to form that up and send it out in an email. Everybody already knows, right? So, um, you know, I've got to have a landing page someplace to put the content because not every coach wants the same content. Uh, let's see, another uh, message is here. Uh, would you suggest writing the recruiting coordinator at the college versus the head coach? So hopefully, Jocelyn, I, I answered that one in there. If they identify who the recruiting coach is, absolutely. What I also would add to that is if you're a pitcher, email the pitching coach. If you're, you know, in football and all those other sports, you, you go by your specialty. That's the best way to do that because that's who's going to be the expert of that. What I've seen uniquely uh, happening in softball now is they, they're splitting. If there's three coaches, on one is going west, one is staying in the south, and one is going southeast. And, you know, so you're seeing a little bit more traction. They're getting a little deeper into the travel clubs in those particular areas. And I think that's brilliant because you can't possibly – be three coaches and go around the country and get to know every layer and every kid that you want to put your eyes on. I've also seen a couple coaches where one will come out and almost do like the first leg. And once that that's the real deal, then the big coach comes in. Jackie, please add. If there's a coach who like hands, I, they used to call it like a handoff, right? Cause emailing was definitely like the more like the thing that you did because you know, times were different, but um, if let's say that you, you know, you email the head coach and let's say the assist, you know, one of the assistant coaches, pitching coaches, whoever uh, responds back or they say, OK, you know, this is the person who's going to be talking to you, however that is. Don't con don't ignore that and then continue, let's say, emailing the head coach. If they hand you off to a another coach within their system. Right. Then make sure you stay in contact with that and you're reading the emails because otherwise if you're skipping that email and they say the next person to contact would be this coach on the staff, uh, you know, then you're, you're clearly not reading and that's an attention to detail thing, right? You don't want to go down that path uh, and rub feathers when that's maybe not even uh, the thing that you want to do or your intention. Um, and if it is intentional, then you know, that's not a good thing either. Yeah, fantastic. And I would even uh, give a little bit more. I call it communication 101, you know, ex-corporate America here. We took classes on how to communicate. And one of the main tips I remember is however the, the person that you're trying to get attention with, however they choose to communicate with you, you communicate back. So we see some of the younger coaches, you know, DMing them on Twitter or DMing them on Instagram. Um, you know, if that's their way of communicating with you then respect their preferred method of communication and communicate back so that just lands on jackie's comment there which is if they hand you off to you know pitching coach a over here then stick with them even after they commit you know i send a so you've committed and here's your checklist i love checklists you know you can't forget anything you got a checklist and uh that's one of them right up front, man. Figure out which way your coach wants you to communicate, how often, and stick with it, man. Set, a, set an alarm, set a timer, put it on your calendar. You notice how all our things connect there. But, um, you know, even uh, after they get that call on September 1st for the actual recruiting interaction, it's super important to interact the way that they chose to interact with you. Because some of the older coaches will stick with email. There's some Ivy Leagues that I've dealt with for years that I've never talked to on the phone. 
It's only email. And I kind of like it because it's very specific. They're very good writers and they're very clear on the feedback and expectations and next steps. So, you know, it allows me to give very clear contact or content to my student athletes so they understand, you know, where they're at and what the process is. So one of the um, other interesting things I see with the younger uh, group coming in that's so technology savvy is they start wanting to create their own way. Well, man, there's some NCAA violations, which might be another topic another night. Man, there's some crazy ones going on. I've been doing this, you know, going on my ninth year. And this is the first year I can count on myself. I've seen them with my own eyes. And people are just living on the edge. And it's been a rough fall. It's it's the most aggressive fall I've ever seen and very, you know, targeted and very emotional and energized, even on the coaching side. So it's been very interesting, but I call it sneaky, the sneaky way to contact. They all have compliance officers. Jackie, come on in. You know, this is such an interesting topic because, you know, you're so excited and amped to get that, you know, either social media request or whatever it is, however that new way of contact is happening. Um, and as a, you know, somebody who may be new to the game, right, it's important to identify the fact that you don't want to fall in the trap of also violating, um, you know, the NCAA rule, right? They, if they want to do something that's, let's say, unethical, or they haven't figured it out or they're ignoring it, right? That's on them. But once you respond and you start engaging in it, um, then you might be breaking it as well. Uh, so it's important to identify that and to really be on top of your recruiting and know your rules, uh, because, you know, as I mentioned earlier, if this is you, you're you are your business, you're your brand. Yeah, that's incredible. I'm going to put um, the compliance see if I can maybe find a compliance representative, maybe even from a different division, because um, maybe they can't make violation uh, comments either, you know, got to protect them too, but maybe get a sense of, you know, what's edgy and what's not and what people have gotten in trouble for in the past. It would be interesting, maybe even a retired coach. So I'll put some feelers out, but if you guys know anybody that's got some uh, background with that and can maybe explain, so, you know, because most people unintentionally, especially student athletes that just are not in the business side of it. We unintentionally do things that maybe we shouldn't be doing. You know, one of my favorite ones is parents talking to coaches, you know, uh, they can't help themselves. I had one that, you know, was at a camp and it was cold and put the heater out and told the coach, come sit with us and then just pick the coach's brain. And I'm like, Oh no, you know, it's, it's a uh, natural. We want to talk to the coaches, but it makes them feel very uncomfortable and they cannot talk to you. You know, you're allowed to wave and, and that's it. And then another one I've seen recently, once they commit, you know, they're so excited to see their coach at their first game and they go running up and the coach has to put up her hand and say, can't talk to you. You know, that that's tough. And uh, you got to you got to know those little idiosyncrasies and, and what happens at each 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 conference level. And even sometimes I have to check. I have a couple of compliance people actually coaches that will check with their compliance departments for me on, on issues. So I never try to live on the edge. I'm kind of a rule follower because I'm here to serve, not to, um, you know, uh, create new ways of doing things. So, and, and I'm, I'm a marketing person. I want to do things that are innovative and creative and, and find new ways, but not at the cost or the expense of a student athlete or even a coach. Cause a lot of coaches get in trouble. There's been plenty of them suspended in the eight years that I've been doing it in softball with recruiting violations. And surprisingly, no, no publications make a big, you know, play out of it because, you know, we, we all like each other and we all play in the same sandbox. So, um, 
the other one is how do you know they're recruiting your class? You know, again, I'm trying to keep that list up. I've only got, I think, 600 up there. I welcome you guys uh, texting me or private messaging me when you see commits. I'm doing my best to try to track them all down. But, you know, if you're still emailing a school and you're 2024 and they've already committed your class or your position, whew, you know, give them a break. So that's something I tell the college coaches when it's my student athletes, if they're still emailing you and you've closed that class or you're no longer looking at that particular student athlete, all they have to do is hit reply and say, no, no questions asked. I, you know, I, I, I call it, I take off the horses because I, the student athlete doesn't need to be sending emails to this endless pit and the college coaches, the greatest ones take the time to reply and say, thank you, but we're done with that class or, Hey, I'll consider it if any of my offers fall through, but you know, my offers are out. We're, we're complete. I'm pretty locked up. If something changes, I'll call you, you know, so that that's also an important reason why you need a very active advocate in, in the recruiting process. Cause things do change. I, I you wouldn't believe my list of 23 pitching that's still, they're still looking for 23 pitching. And it's like, guys, you know, where have you been? <laughs> It's um, it's quite a list. So um, the uh, coach comments, too. I think it's important when a coach can be honest. Uh, there's a couple D3 coaches because they don't have the restrictions that actually acknowledge when a kid sends the email. And man, it's such a feel good. They say, thank you for sending it. I appreciate you taking the time. And no, I won't be at this event, but I'll be at your next one. You know, that that is just the right thing. Unfortunately, Division One and Division Two have timeline restrictions to it. So, you know, a lot of student athletes don't understand that, you know, discomfort or lack of response. And yet when they can respond, I think it's classy. And maybe it takes a little bit of a time. You know, maybe they don't like to hurt their feelings. But, man, I respect them a lot more when they do that. So, again, I open it up. Any questions, you feel free to come off mic. Anything you've learned different or getting different responses. Uh, I know a lot of you are coaches and, and involved heavily in the sport and a lot of you are repeat uh, visitors here to our site. So we, we sure appreciate that. Um, but again, the, the softball part of recruiting is heavy email. And I don't know if I'm repeating my story here, but uh, one of the SEC coaches was watching one of our big games against the big California team that won it two years ago. And I walked up and the tourney machine app was down and she grabbed my arm and she said, man, I thank you so much for your emails because I also have our student athletes thank them when they do show up. And this student athlete thanked the coach for showing up the day before. Quick and short, sweet and simple. Thank you, coach, for showing up. Come see me tomorrow. And the tourney machine was down. She wouldn't have been there. She said, thank you so much. It's Jackie. Oh my goodness. That last little part is so important. Um, I think we've sort of lost that in different parts, but even if you like interview somewhere, right. Uh, you always email afterwards, you know, within the time period, Hey, thank you for, you know, uh, pro providing me the time to email you or to interview with you X, Y, Z. If a coach comes and looks at you, right. Uh, it's that idea, like, right, they're taking the time out of their extremely busy schedule to come look at you, right, and the product that you are offering. And so make sure absolutely don't forget that they are looking at those little things, right, outside of character and asking at school how you're doing, XYZ, on behavior, 
right? They're looking at how you conduct yourself, right? Do you take that opportunity to go and thank them? You know, is that important to you? Um, so definitely, definitely do that. Thank you for the ad. And we get, go even farther, you know, when they do their visits, you know, thank the academic counselor. You know who's going to be your best friend when you get there? Man, send them a note and tell them specifically something you liked about them, not just, dear Mrs. Smith, thank you for your time. You know, it, the more you can personalize it and really get involved with it, I mean, the the more you're going to find that that personal match. It's not so much the school or the division or the Power Five conference. It's more about the four years, the journey, the experience. And I've always said this, and I, I'm sure many people use it, but it's the next 40 years. And it is, it is not just, you know, uh, and you know, I, I, I hate when they say, oh, I've committed to a D1. Well, we know it. We know it's a D1. And, you know, why slam the D2s and D3s? Because in Texas, that's where I'm at for you listeners. Your Division two can flat out play. And for the eight years I've been down here, I can only think of one Division two that didn't win the, the uh, tournament outside of our Lone Star and Great American Conference, you know, because people don't want to leave their state. I mean, it's a big place. You're in another country when you leave Texas. So um, the and I don't mean that in any political way. Don't get don't get on me, everybody. <laughs> um, but the you know, the the need for the having to say it, it doesn't mean it's a D1 experience is what I tell people. So let's go after the experience. What does the experience mean to you? What education are you going to get? And what you're learning along the way, which is why I stick to the emailing, is you're learning how to communicate. You're learning how to interact with adults. And when I tell them, when you get to college, you email, adults email. They're not texting you in a, in a corporate environment you know, unless you're technology like I came out of, um, you know, but most of them, their main method of communication is email. So again, I call out to you guys questions. Don't feel like you have to private message them. You can come on out and ask questions here. We welcome it. We love the interaction. And um, if there's questions you specifically have about your process, I'm happy to answer them too. So Anybody calling on you? All you have to do is go to the left and request uh, to be a speaker, and we let you in. And and some of our uh, other people that have been here, I know some of you are in the process. I see some of my friends. Thank you for joining and supporting us. It's the Jackie and Sherry show. <laughs> <laughs> You're the star. <laughs> yeah, we should do the t the two T's in a pod like the housewives. Yeah. <laughs> so. I was going to chime in, though, um, in the aspect of, you know, when you're going on these recruiting visits, you're you're practicing all of these skills continuously. So even if it's going to tournaments and you're emailing and, you know, then you go on a recruiting visit and you're talking and you're learning how to, you know, create that communication style of, of promoting yourself and then inquiring about the school, right? You're learning all these skills about two, three years at least earlier than some people. And maybe some some don't learn them at all. Um, so you're a step ahead in the game and just overall life. Uh, but it is difficult at the start. So if you trip up or something like that, like give yourself a little bit of a break because, you know, you are doing this at a very early age, uh, but it's best to always prepare early. So if you know you're getting into like tournaments and things that like, you see that coming up, get your ducks in a row early. Right. These are the tournaments I'm going to see if, you know, if there's an if any of the coaches are going to be there, if any of them have um, the lists online. Sometimes they have of who's planning on being there. 
um, and, and, you know, start doing that early. So it's not a burden. It's not this anxious thing where you're, you know, all of a sudden in, in two weeks, you got something coming up. Um, but rather it's a learning experience for yourself and, and you feel like you're taking charge, you know, as athletes, we like to have control over our process. Uh, and so by gaining that early, you can then put yourself ahead of a lot of other people. Um, so definitely just stay focused on that. That's great. And you made me think of another thing is how do you know what coaches are showing up? That's like the biggest mystery, right? Ladies, you know, give me some, some, uh, claps there on the, your emojis, but they'll text me, Miss Sherry, who's coming to this camp or who's coming to this event? Well, they don't tell us. And, and it's really frustrating in the camp world when they headline a big coach and everybody signs up to go to the camp and they send a grad assistant who can't recruit. You know, and sometimes things happen. People get sick. I mean, I, I get it. I understand it. But there's some, you know, camps and, and actual tournaments. I had one of my parents really upset. You know, they just uh, were, were knee deep in the recruiting. And they said, man, we went to a showcase. Not one coach showed up, uh, you know, and I, I, I kind of clinched my teeth because it's your responsibility as a student athlete to email coaches early enough and with enough time to come see you play where you're playing, it's not your coaches, your travel ball coaches responsibility. It's not the tournament director, but if they're doing a showcase, you know, the smartest thing to do is host a camp that's surrounding it so that you've got, you know, paid anchor coaches that, you know, will be there to recruit. So I tend to like those ones because you know, who's coming, you can email them ahead of time and they're there to come back and see you play. So, you know, we drop an extra email in on that camp too. Hey coach, I'm coming to the uh, bombers camp at this time. And, you know, afterwards my games are going to be at, you know, the park down the street, you know, here's my information again, purpose of emailing is to get them to come see you play. So, um, you know, it all links together, but Jackie, you're so right with the communication and getting used to it now and thinking about it, put yourself in the coach's shoe. How are you going to see that kid if they're emailing you on Friday night? Even Monday and Tuesday, the only reason it still works for our student athletes is because they've been emailing since August, you know, several times a month saying, hey, here's my fall schedule. Hope you're coming to see us. And, you know, we have enough volume of kids that go to the right tournaments. It, it's worthwhile to the coaches. We're actually driving the coach interests to follow where we go because we have a large group of student athletes that are talented going to the right events. So um, it all goes full circle. Come on in, Jackie. <laughs> and I was just thinking here, you know, I remember myself back in the day and, and I'm doing all of this type of stuff, reaching out to coaches and everything. And it's sort of this daunting task. You're like, man, this is really difficult. I'm thinking about keeping up my grades because that's super important. It's number one, right? Uh, making sure I attend all my practices, you know, clearly working on my skill and, and improving at my game. And then, you know, also you have this looming thing of uh, now I have to perform in the classroom on the field and now I have to sort of run my own stuff and, and figure out how this is going to work. Um, and it's a big task, right? It is. This is not easy. Uh, and so sometimes we take that for granted that this is so easy and you should be able to do this because you have all of this free time and, and whatnot. It's not, you know, it's, it, this is not an easy process, uh, but it, it takes a lot of work, right, to be a collegiate athlete. Uh, and they want to see who are the ones that are going to do that work. Who's going to reach out to them. That is um, a bingo, a big, huge bingo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, it's, it's tough, uh, but you've got to, you know, really sit down with yourself and say, which direction do I want to go? And, um, you know, how do I go about this? 
Thank you so much. And you always trigger another thought because one of our listeners is on here. You know, it's emotional. And these kids are looking out in the stands and they're watching these coaches come here and then they tighten up and they don't play as well as they used to. That's why you got to get in the process early enough. You have to go through those camp exposures. You have to go through the experience of coaches watching when they're not recruiting you yet. So it's not do or die. You know, the 24s right now are tighter than, you know, a a rope. They're just look nervous and stressed out. And it's just like, relax, you know, you you just got to know it takes time, but you got to do the work. You got to do the process. And, you know, I see a lot of people thinking they can just go post their uh, you know weekend schedule up on Twitter and there's four or five coaches that like it and they think they're getting recruited and I'm like gosh that's just mismarketing that's mismatching and you know gosh I, I would love to appeal to the college coaches watch your likes you know the the young 15 16 year old athletes don't understand that your like is just being friendly they interpret it as recruiting and it's not, it's just saying, Hey, I'm watching you. Or, you know, I had one big 12 school say, man, I just really like the kids. I like to support them. And I'm like, coach, you realize what message that says to them. And then I got to explain on September 2nd, just because they followed you on Twitter didn't mean they were recruiting you or interested in you. So, you know, the, some of that, it happens there. And I think that's why the NCAA division one rule is that they can't reply. I think it just makes it less contentious, you know, less of a messaging so that they can't go, Hey, you know, I like you replying 10 times. And, you know, um, we have a, a little trick on our mailing system because we use a lot of Google products and it's called mail tracks and it will for free. And there is a paid version it will actually um, show you who opens it. And, you know, it'll give you this little fire symbol saying they opened it a few times. It still doesn't mean they're recruiting you, but it says, hey, they're looking at your emails. And typically you get a camp flyer um, and then they'll say, but they opened it seven times. You know, we can't tell what it is. You can't misinterpret it. But I did have one parent that was way into the stats of it. And she said, man, it took about seven times of contacting a college coach before you started to get information or any kind of interaction to know that, that yes, this is for real. And then they show up and then you say, okay, now this is for real. So there is some intuitiveness to it or some, you know, stats to it for, for if they are uh, actually opening it and, and listening. But I think it's fun information just to see the little red fire come up that they've opened your email. So at least they're seeing your name, but we also use Google for this reason. That's why we don't like, there's a popular app that a lot of teams use because it's cheap and it gives statistical data to the coach that, Hey, you know, Susie sent 15 emails today versus uh, the coaches don't like it because it, you know, one, it gets spammed a lot because it's coming out of a server, but they like Google because you can see how many times the student athlete hit reply all. So we send an email this weekend, they send another one Saturday night if they show up, and now all of a sudden it's showing this loop, right? And it shows that you've emailed that coach like seven, eight times. And then it starts to click in like, hey, this kid is really interested in me. It doesn't look like a spam out of my app because I went and selected to send this email to you out of my server. So, you know, I think think people try to over, um, you know, automate it. And it it takes it away from the college coaches. A lot of them say, hey, we would rather the personal email with a typo in it than it's self-generated out of a spamming system where they've just clicked and they know nothing about me and they're not even trying to target me. So, 
you know, do your homework, know who you're emailing. Don't just spam it because they're division one. Try to make a connection, try to make that more personal. And why, why, you know, why is your why? And I'm going to say it to some of the parents on here. They all do not do the degree that they're going after today. Don't be so adamant about 100%. My kid is going to be a lawyer or a doctor. I mean, just be a little open to it because you also move yourself out of a situation. And I had a football player that, you know, had a very nice uh, uh, ACT score in California. You know, no reason why he couldn't have gotten into some of the pre-med. You know, excellent football player. He did play. He did graduate. But he didn't get into any kind of pre-med. He actually, it hurt him in recruiting for for football because, one, you got to get into the pre-med program. So they're limited on how many they will let in. So it was actually his SAT tutor, who's now one of our partners, that said, ooh, click undecided and find out if the school likes you for your sport first. And then we'll see whether or not we can get you into that, you know, major after you're in there for a semester or two and you prove yourself in your, in your pre-qualifications. So I don't know if it's true or not, but that did happen to a particular football player that we had in California. So, um, you know, declaring your major early and being adamant about it and writing your emails and talking about your degree, I promise you not too many of them care about what degree it is yet until they know that you can play there. Come on in, Jackie. That's definitely a topic also we can talk about in the future because, you know, when I was looking, I was very tailored. I had two different majors. I knew I was that one of that kid. I was like, I'm either going to do this or that. Um, but it can be difficult, right? Especially on the female side where you are going um, and committing quite early, right? And so it is, you know, it's hard to determine what you want to do. Uh, so for athletes in here, we're like, I have no idea what I want to do. Like, I don't even, I would just go undecided because I, you know, who knows? That's a, that's a hundred percent. Okay. You don't have to know what you want, what you are a hundred percent going to do. Um, but just make sure that, you know, if there's an area that perhaps maybe the school has that area of focus. So if you want to go into medicine, whatever, but if you have no idea, that's okay too. Um, but it is important to, to identify that, um, but not make it your sole focus if that is sort of an open-ended. If you are really focused on what you want to do, like my one friend knew she wanted to do something more academic and she switched schools to Princeton, right, back in the day um, because she knew exactly what she wanted to do and, and that was her dream, um, then go for it. Reach that goal. But if you're also sitting there doing the opposite, it's totally okay. That's excellent. We had a uh, academic advisor from a school come in and talk to my staff of advocates and said, look, most of your major universities have a route to your degree. So, you know, instead of saying kinesiology, maybe it's sports medicine or maybe it's just biology. You know, we have kids that say, oh, I want to do oceanography. I'm like, "Okay, we're in Texas. What are your chances? You know, you got one school down there on the Gulf. Uh, you know, so you got to be a little realistic to um, how to get there. You know, so I counseled her on maybe going and getting a biology degree or a basic science degree. I'm an advocate for second level degrees. You know, my one daughter has an MBA. The other one has a law degree. You know, let's just not stop with the undergraduate. Let's use it as a vehicle to the, you know, to a better education, a top education. And, you know, think of it that way. And, and, uh, you know, email it it, a little bit more open. One of my uh, friends there was uh, private messaging me saying, oh, I think I'm going to change my daughter's uh, degree 
topic to undecided. I typically go undecided and tell the kids. I have one that's doing signing for the deaf and she had a lot of reasons for it. And she's up at Northern Colorado and she's doing fabulous. But boy, we had a tough search because there was only certain schools. You know, there wasn't even a communication degree that would roll into that particular field. It was almost like a trade instead of just, you know, an, a bachelor's degree. So it was very, very specific. And so those make it harder. And so it was very limited. And I'll say it again, your sport has to like you first. Then you got to know what layer your talent is. Then you got to email the coaches that are in that layer. When they show up, you know, you've hit the, the bingo. If you're just emailing where you want to play in, you know, I have so many cold state people that want to play in the South, man. You're going into the hotbed in the depth of 30 times more population. They have no traction with you. And so I say, hey, let's let's go where we can play. Let's get a great degree and then do your master's in Florida. You know, then find the beach school, you know, put your lounge chair up in, in, your, in your tiki class. So, you know, it's it's it, I mean, that's silly and fun, but it, it's just very, very difficult for you to try to go to school in a region because you want to go to a warmer area. But, you know, you're you're upping the chances to getting there or not. So hopefully that's some more information. And we're getting close. It's 10 till. I'm always surprised how fast it goes. Love to hear any of your thoughts. If any of you guys have any following questions and um, we'll think about topics, maybe compliance next time, or maybe we get an academic advisor and talk about majors. But if there's other topics, I mean, this one came up out of us talking last time. And then uh, one of our uh, listeners here was talking about, you know, I think I mentioned a little bit of it, you know, getting nervous and the mindset and, and getting them through the anxiety of it. And that's, that's a tough one. I, I, I'm not one of those in this um, environment right now that, that plays heavily on that part of it. I think it's very individual, and I think there's just different things you can do ahead of time. But I'm not one of those that gets the sports psychologist on and you know talks about the tender, gentle way because I, I think this is a really, really difficult process, and you have to have the right mindset to get in it. And, and be ready for it. Um, I'll leave this one out here. I had a division one coach say they're going to keep their kids in the parking lot, you know, in September when they showed up at class and, and we're going to say, are you academically ready? Are you mentally ready? Are you in physical condition? Are you ready? Otherwise don't step in because we're, we're not going to play this game. We're not going to go backwards and say, you know, yeah, you got recruited here, but you're not mentally ready. You're not, you didn't do your academics. You didn't keep in shape. I mean, what are we doing? And Jackie, that's another downside to some of the early recruiting that happens is they, they put their feet up and they take their backpack and they go to Europe and they quit their travel team and, oh, you know, I'm going to go to college early. And then their travel team folds. I mean, it's just crazy, but, and, you know, we, we struggle with that because, you know, we're a top competing travel organization and, um, you know, we expect them to stay through nationals and compete and then go to college, you know, let, let's give us our time. So go ahead. Staying hungry and throughout your career is one of the most important things on how to stay hungry continuously. 
right? Never getting complacent. What makes you go? For some people, it's spirituals. For some people, you know, it's external forces, you know, things that they do, you know, different types of um, prioritizing and, and ensuring they do certain things each day and structure. Whatever it is for you that motivates you to get up and be hungry every day, do that. For me, I, I used to, no joke, when I was in college, I even in high school, I used to put two goals for myself. So every time I got out of bed, there was a paper posted and I would wake up every day and I would literally turn out of bed and I'd face those goals. And I knew why I was waking up every day. You know, it's to you and it's personalized to you and what you want and how bad you want it. Right. Uh, But also how to keep your head in it and stay motivated. That's fantastic. And maybe that's a way to close out because it made me think of another thing about emailing. You got to know why you're emailing that school. If they are a faith-based school and that's their foundation and part of their curriculum is is chapel or, you know, their, their faith and you get there and you're offended by the Bible studies or the pressure to be in that environment, I think you made a big mistake, you know, read about the school, understand the culture, you know, and, and understand the expectation. And if you're not feeling the vibe, I had one turn one down the other day. I just not feeling it. And I said, I think that is great that you know it now, but don't even email them. Don't even go on the visits, find that stuff out before you go. Many of these schools have a a faith foundation. They're run by a Methodist church or a Baptist church or a Catholic church. And there are some very specific expectations. So when you're emailing them and you find that connection, I mean, Dot Dot, uh, says at Liberty, if you're not talking about Jesus in the first sentence and telling me your story and why you're committed to, you know, Liberty University and softball, man, it's not going to be a connection because that's their everything, right? So you got to find your why in that you know, send it, email them, invite them to see you play and maybe give them a little why you're emailing them so that, and that's hard to find. I don't think it's very easy to do when they have to do so many authentic emails, but you should know the ones that just are not a fit for you. So I have some turned down the girls universities. I mean, we had four go to Wellesley. I love that school, but it's a girls school only. And so you got to know that. And there's a couple in the South that are the same way. Um, Gosh, I can't even think of their names. There's one in Missouri that, you know, and boy, he struggled to get student athletes to go there. But wow, what a fabulous university. So, you know, uh, look through that and figure it out. And there's some that have military, um, you know, base to it. So um, there's requirements. You should know that before you send an email. So, you know, people that are using those apps that just click a school and just, you know, spam it out, man, the coaches know it. They see it. They feel it. You know, you're not getting the engagement. There's something not going on. There's got to be some assessment to mass emailing when you're not getting it. And if you're just getting camps and you're just getting, you know, random coaches walking around, but nobody really engaging, then you got to look a little deeper. So, all right, last chance, anybody? This is awesome. I welcome any ideas for next topic again. You know, we create them as we go. And I'd love for you guys to to share with your friends and people you know in our sports. And I'd even love to tackle other sports. I I do baseball. We do football. We um, do hockey and bowling and all other kinds of crazy stuff. So we uh, just thank you guys so much for your time. And uh, we'll close out. Jackie, my, my loyal friend and speaker, I'd love for you to tell them a little bit more about what you do, too, because I don't think we did much of an intro. Sure. Yeah. Just before we leave, um, I am. Uh, so I'm Jackie Wins. I 
Um, do a lot of stuff here on Twitter, but a lot with recruiting, specifically with OU. Uh, and I've been doing that here for a little while. Uh, very, very invested in the softball world, as you can probably uh, tell. Uh, but overall, I'm a dual, former dual sport athlete uh, from the NCAA and soccer and lacrosse. Uh, so been through that gauntlet before. Um, and I absolutely know the daunting aspect of the of, of the process. Uh, but overall, just love getting uh, and giving back to female sports throughout the country. Fabulous. And just been a great contributor and, and a new friend. So appreciate it. And thank you guys all for joining in. And we'll see you next week, 7 o'clock Central. Good night. See you there.